been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got to get his form. The dancing feet of your mind, Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Outside the boot. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, good show tonight. Good show tonight. Yeah, we, we've got a, an amazing guest. So uh, uh, we, we know I've advertised it, so it's no secret, but Mark Levey uh, agreed to come onto the show. Um, we've just finished his interview. Uh, it went for just over an hour. And Ooh, wow, I can't believe we got that much time out of the And I can promise you, of all the interviews we've done, this is the <laughs> most forthright. You're going to get some pearlers on this one. So, Absolutely. Uh, we actually talk for probably 15, 20 minutes on the saga and we, we go through quite a... Uh, a lot of the uh, the key, I guess, moments, and uh, Mark has a lot to say about that, and very interesting. Some answers I go, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, we just talk about he, him, and Hurdy and Solly looking to coach the Essen Football Club uh, a year or so ago, and and what that involved, and what they saw about the club, and and uh, yeah, his time with Maddie Knights, and him getting drafted by Essendon, and. And we go through a whole lot of stuff and uh, there's some really amazing conversation, I, I can just promise you. Now, unfortunately, I do have to give a, a bit of a notice and I, I apologise for this. We had, for some reason, our house, my house, had a poor internet connection. So on the odd occasion, some words just got missed, um, just with the audio cutting out. I do sincerely apologise. You'll still get the general gist, don't worry, of what he's talking about. But uh, please just bear in mind, unfortunately, <laughs> we kept on seeing this message come up on Zoom saying, unstable connection. I'm yeah. like, ah, because uh, he's giving us gold. Um, but I, I do apologise for that. But I think you'll get easily enough out of it to to not worry about it too much. But, uh, yeah, just an incredible interview and, um, yeah, I can't wait for you just to listen again, to Just again, just another one of our uh, absolute favourites and, and legends of the club that we can add to the privilege of being able to, uh, to speak to and uh, we're very happy to, uh, to release it to everybody. So straight after the break, we will get into Mark McVeigh. Yep, let's get on. Let's get Mark on. Tonight's guest has a name that resonates with respect and admiration within the Essendon Footy Club, uh, and especially with its supporters. Uh, growing up a kid on the, as a kid on the central coast of New South Wales, he started his footy journey at the Kalani Vale Bombers uh, and then the Pennant Hill Demons before moving to the Rams in the TAC. From there, thank goodness, he was chosen as pick nine in the 1998 AFL draft by the Bombers. 
Um, it was nominated for the 2001 AFL Rising Star. He wore the Don's jumper from 99 to 2012. The majority of that as vice captain. Uh, he achieved a... Yep, we've already said that. And played 232 games and kicked 107 goals. Following retirement, um, put some work in at 7 and SEN. Uh, and given his career, unsurprisingly moved into coaching. He took up development roles in New South Wales and that led to be appointed um, as an assistant coach to GWS in 2015. And then in 2022, he stepped into the caretaker senior um, coach role, where in our opinion, he was given far too few 13 games. <laughs> Although he wore, orange jump- he wore an orange jumper for a while there, he is one of the Essendon supporters and this podcast favourites. Welcome, Mr. Mark McVeigh. <laughs> Thank you. That's very, very kind of you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, look, it's so nice to, to have you, Mark, and uh, it's uh, you're, you're pretty much a, a player that went through probably in my in my early twenties uh, when you started. So it was obviously uh, really coming into a time where where Essendon was was kind of shining in some ways. You've got the ninety nine and two thousands, and you've come into an interesting path. Uh, but I will go to your playing career a little bit later. But right now, can you tell us a little bit what you're doing? Uh, we noticed it on Zoom, the Sydney Swans come up, so uh, I get a sense <laughs> that you're, you're, you're working with the Sydney Swans and, and I believe around the Academy. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, well, uh, firstly, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's very nice to have um, – I feel like I'm home when I speak to uh, both of you and, and obviously our listeners, so it, it's nice because I do live at, still live up on the Central Coast, so – I feel like I'm home at Essendon when um, I speak to you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm currently a head coach of the Sydney Swans Academy, um, head coach of the Allies, uh, which play in the national championships. Um, have been for the last sort of eight to nine months after um, sort of a 10-year stint at coaching in the AFL, uh, assistant and, of course, um, late senior coach. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a really good, good year in regards to uh, getting back to, uh, you know, sort of rounding out your coaching, if you like. You've been at the top end. Now you're coming to see the kids that are sort of coming through. So um, really enjoyed it, uh, needed a change, uh, and the Swans, uh, you know, very fortunate they asked me to come along. And, yeah, I've been able to be there and see out my first year, which has been great. How did you find the uh – the GWS experience and even even being the, uh, I guess, the senior coach for a short amount of time, how, what did you feel like you got out of that? Did you feel like um, just taking that kind of mantle and being the kind of the, you're the key man? Did, did you feel like, oh, man, I've, I've, I've learned a heck of a lot just in this, even though I was 13, 14 games. Did, did that give you a tremendous growth? Yeah, I think um, I was senior assistant for a long time and and when you're when you're a senior assistant um under leon cameron who i have a hell of a lot of respect for um you, you you're running the day by day anyway um leon's there to guide you know he makes the key decisions of course but you know i'm running training and making sure that day to day the club's ticking along nicely so you sort of you're there but you're not there if you know what i mean so i, ha- I had a fair bit of experience in that area um Look, it was a, it was a unique experience for me. It's it's somewhat of a poison chalice, to be honest. If you're going to yep. do it, I mean, yeah. um, you know, you look at um, McWalter now, who's not at he's not at Richmond, and you know, everyone said it was funny me sitting back because you know, watching it close, everyone's going, "Oh, he's going to get it." And I'm thinking to myself, he's never coaching Richmond. Like it wasn't going to happen. It just doesn't. Just doesn't um, work out. But... And he did a really good job. You know, he did a 
Yeah, he just he did a remarkably good job, but I just knew that they're not going to go that way. And then he finds himself now at another club, and and that's what happens. Um, so you know, you kind of think to yourself, if we can go on a really great run, which you know we didn't, you know we won four or five games, but you hope to you hope that you can get it done. But um, it was a great experience. I had great. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I had great. Um, support i didn't ever feel like i didn't have any support from the footy club i got some great supporting which i'm sure you guys who are aware of those who they were <laughs> just, just yeah. a lousy um, i knew they'd have my yeah. back a couple of decent footy players yeah and everyone looked at that you know I, you know a lot of media people in melbourne who aren't essendon people so i don't really care about them but <laughs> they they sort of bagged us and sort of said why would and i took the mantra to the the giants who were so unbelievable at saying you we're happy for you to do whatever you want to do um i took the mantra well if i'm going to war i'm taking my two best with me and yeah. and that's and that's what i chose to do and, and they were you know you know hurdy was already there in a in a very small capacity around leadership so that was an easy one but solly was just a phone call and what people don't understand is solly didn't we didn't pay solly one dollar they didn't pay him one dollar wow. he just did it because i'm his mate and he so no one understands that. So, um, you know, we obviously flew him here and there, but so we did not pay Dean Solomon one cent. Um, he just said, mate, I'll be there for you and I'll help you through this no matter what and I'll try and help you get the job. So that's – and that's from our time at Essendon. You know, that's how close we all were. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's big. That's uh, – yeah, well, that, that, that keeps having your friends for life, doesn't it, when, you, you know, when that kind of things happen. And obviously you're all – gone through things together as well so uh which have probably gone to war in other in other ways that you've, you've stuck together so uh I, I look i'm just wondering too and i and feel free if you don't want to speak about it or not and this is not against the current coach i want to make sure we, we we're massive fans of brad scott but you you obviously with hurdy i think kind of formed a a bit of a maybe we'll go for the senior role at essendon a ticket i'm just curious yeah. about what you saw in the Essendon list then and, and where your where both your minds were at as far as an approach to where Essendon needed to pick up. Because we all know we're as much as we're mad fans, we fully understand that this club is well underperformed for for two decades. So 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 I guess I was wondering like what when you and James are talking to each other, where do you go, this just needs to change? Where where were your minds at? Yeah, well, um, you know, I must admit, I was, I was, um, I was actually would have loved to have got back there if I could in a coaching capacity, but it didn't eventuate. Not, and that's not through anyone's fault. I just, I think Essendon at the time were looking to go very, you know, non-Essendon, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, I was really keen to put my hand to be considered for the coach, but. It, it became early doors, uh, real early that you know they were probably moving away from that, uh, and I knew Hurdy was going as hard as he could for it as well. So there was like, if, if there's one guy that I want to do it, it was going to be him, and I'll support him. So, and and Dean Solomon was in amongst that as well. So we sort of had this three way chat about, okay, who you know, ha- how are we going to do this sort of thing? Um, mm. We're passionate about Essendon, we love them. Um, you know, we've been away for a long period of time and, and we sort of all agreed that, you know, we really wanted her to have another shot at it because we think he deserved it. Um, and that's not to say that 
you know, if I put my hand up and as hard as I can, I would have beat Jane. It wasn't like that. It was more like what's our true passion and, um, you know, we would have loved her to get it, but unfortunately didn't work out that way. But when when, when we when we looked at it, we just felt, um, and, and I don't know um, currently what, it, what it's like because I'm not in the inner sanctum, so I'm not going to comment on that, but we just wanted to bring back the absolute heart and passion of, of what we knew it meant to wear the jumper. Um, now that's not to say the players don't actually know that now, but um, we wanted to bring it to the forefront as much as we possibly could. Um, and but also, you know, we 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 knew we had to bring in some players in the draft and also get players in and make us a destination club once again to support the current players that are, that are there. So um, we had some strategies in place. We had really strong ideas, some bold ideas, some aggressive ideas. We we're going to be really aggressive. Yep. And that's our probably mean Solly's approach where in the way we want to win, the way we want to play. Um, but, you know, to the club wanted to go in a different direction, you've got to respect that, and we certainly do. Um, uh, to say we were disappointed, yeah, we were disappointed that we didn't get the opportunity probably to sort of go, you know, give us give us a chance. But um, we, res- we obviously respect the decision and, 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 and I – watch very closely and hope to God that we can turn it around. Yeah, uh, look, I agree. So I guess let's start with your just your playing career. So we're, 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 we're heading back to, 19, I think, 1998, the end of 1998, your, your, your pick nine selected. When you're first coming to the club, what did you know of the club? And was there any players at that time – as an 18-year-old that kind of took you under their wing? Was there, was there kind of like a, a development and, and that kind of nurturing kind of process at Essen at the time? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so um, I don't want to bore you, but growing up, <laughs> I followed the Swans. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, what, what, what used to happen at the SCG, and I don't know if you remember this, you would have been a bit younger, obviously, but um, – we, we had one bloke that we could hang our hat off, and his name was Warwick Kappa. <laughs> now, now he's not the he's not the um, James Heard, but he uh, he he certainly captivated the audience in Sydney because of his flair, and he took great marks and he kicked goals. So, so what would happen is I grew up with Lenny Hayes, who's obviously one of the greats at, yeah. at the Saints, and we played a lot of footy together when we were kids. We would meet at, meet at the footy. Um, and at that stage, the Swans were absolutely terrible, hardly won a game. Um, but you could roam around the whole SCG. You didn't have to have a ticket to get into, you know, the <laughs> yeah. Barongal stand or the yeah. lady stand. You from one end to the other. So my little brother, Jared, uh, Lenny Hayes, and a few mates, we used to follow whatever end Kappa played at, we would go to that end. <laughs> and most of the crowd would be at that end, around to be empty. And we'd be eating hot jam donuts, watching Warwick Kappa try and take hangers. Um, <laughs> and we developed this love of the game. But when Essendon used to come to the SCG, um, and, we, and and there's a couple of other clubs, but when Essendon used to come, we used to notice that there was more people at the ground, um, there was more passion, and obviously witnessed some great players. And I started to develop this like, oh, geez, if, I, if there's a club that I love, it's probably Essendon, but you'd never really say it in Sydney, blah, blah, blah. Um so we we um we loved Essendon from afar. Um, in nineteen ninety three, um, my dad, who worked, who has worked really hard all his life, um, said, 
boys, I know how much you love your footy. Um, I'm going to take you to an AFL grand final. Um, and I remember he got tickets out of the paper. This is going back in 93. He okay. bought them interstate off some paper thing where it was quite reliable back then. <laughs> yep. And um, he, we got the train down. Um, I stayed at my auntie's, uh, who is um, uh, my dad's sister, who's Lockie Hunter, is my cousin. Okay. Lockie Hunter, so that's his mum. Yeah. Um, so we we stayed down there with the we stayed down there with the and then um, went to the '93 Grand Final and uh, witnessed uh, Essendon beat Carlton. Um, and from that day on, I was like, I just love Essendon. I loved everything about it. Um, and then come 1998 or late '98. Um, the draft, I was asked to go down, but I didn't go down. I stayed at home. I actually went surfing. I come home and listen to the my auntie, which is uh, uh, Lockie Hunter's mother, which is dad's sister. My auntie held the phone to the television so we could hear it. Um, and, yeah, I went to pick nine to Essendon. Um, and, you know, we all just couldn't believe it and it was one of the most amazing experiences. We'll never forget it. And, um, yeah, I was, I was down. I reckon I... Got drafted on the Friday. I was Essen on the Monday. And, you know, I was 17. I just turned 17. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so when you, when you lobbed at the club, um, two, two part, uh, question in two parts. Um, did, I mean, I'm a fan, I'm a big fan of Adrian Dodoro and he, uh, he's, he's a, he's a slightly weird unit, but he gets stuff done. Um, any, did he get hold of you and let you know you're going to be drafted or was it just out of the blue that, um, the Dons drafted you? No, I, I, I spoke to them, um, but it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to Essendon. Um, I, knew, I knew West Coast was going to take me and pick 10. Okay. Um, and um, with all due respect, I'm glad I didn't go there at that time that they went through. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, I I didn't, but I was Adrian Adoro's first ever pick. Oh, uh, really? Everyone knows that, but I was Adrian's first ever Wow. I was his first ever pick. Wow. If you speak to him, um, so I do have a lot of respect for Adrian, um, and and I know the criticism of everything, but I actually, you know, I, I actually got a lot of time for him because of that. He gave me a chance, so um, I'll I'll always be in his corner. So yeah, I was Adrian's first ever pick. Mate, so when you when you lobbed at the club, um, big names were playing, and like Scotty mentioned, did anybody anybody come and put an arm around you and show you sort of the ropes, so to speak, or is it very much um, get in there and just do what you're told, yep. rookie? <laughs> well, I, I, so I did. So I, I, I had, I, I was drafted with Adam Romanaskis, who we didn't like each other. Um, okay. um, pre, because he was a Dan and we used to, you know, like anything, we used to play against each other, play pretty hard. So about, for about three months, it was pretty icy. Um, Solly, I knew really well just because he was a New South Wales boy, so he looked after me. Mark McCurry was amazing to me. Um, but what people don't probably, well, realise is that we came into a ruthless club. Like, as a kid, like, I, I, like we came into training was brutal. It was, it was nasty. Um, there was no holds barred. Like, I remember Hardwick, Barnard, uh, Wallace, Moorcroft, um, the list goes on, and they just they just clipped us all over the field. Like Adam Ramanasas got cleaned up just in friendly games. I did. We had to earn the respect, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Like I was like, okay, well, this is how it's going to be. Um, I'll never forget my first six months of the club. It was 
He was brutal. It was difficult. It was hard. Robert Shaw was a really tough coach. Mark Harvey was a tough coach. Obviously, Sheeds. Um, we just had our old boy into a man as quick as they possibly could. And the player around me, I, I grew up to grow up pretty quickly. Um, it was confronting. You couldn't get away with it now, but um, I, I'm forever grateful for it. It's interesting because uh, obviously 2000, we, we, you know, everyone knows what happens. It wasn't just a – it was like a crazy year of just everything going almost right. The grand final happens. Obviously, you're not into the team. How does it, what effect does that have on a young player? Does it is it inspire or is it or is it tough? Like, how, which emotion do you come out of that of that celebration win? Yeah, well, in nineteen ninety nine, I played you know ten games or whatever it was. So you know, I had a pretty good first year as a mm. seventeen year old. Um, and then two thousand came around, and the team evolved. Um. I wasn't good enough to get in there. I, I I think I played one game in 2000. I think I replaced Mercury, who was injured, um, and I just wasn't good enough. And 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 it, it reset me as a person. I was like, well, if you're ever going to make it at this club, this is the time. Um, it really hurt not being a part of it. I think I was emergency on 14 occasions. Um, <laughs> okay. I won the reserves best and fairest. Um, you know, I, I was playing good footy, but I wasn't good enough to get in. And the team that was there was clearly they're amazing. Um, so it drove me to play, um, to work even harder. And then the following year, I played every game past the grand final. Unfortunately, yeah. we, you know, we lost, which was uh, still heartbreaking to this day because you kind of look at that period and go, you know, should we have won three flags? Should we have won two? Who knows? But, yeah. you know, um, you know, at half time, three quarters, of that game in 2001, we were in a great position. Um, and I was, I think I was probably the youngest player on the field at that time, only being just 19. But um, it really did set me up to play really good footy for a long period of time. Um, but it still hurts, mate. It still hurts that I was at the club and we won the flag and I didn't play. Like, even though I was really young, it still hurts. Does it? Is there a sense? I don't think it'll ever go away. <laughs> no, I, I imagine even 2001 because I remember like I was at the grand final that day. I was quietly confident, but I didn't have the intel to know that maybe four to six players were probably underdone or going in with, with injuries. And obviously James being a key one as well. I mean, uh, the Scott brothers, ironically, um, you know, could easily do a number on him because he just couldn't do what he normally could do on the field. Does that kind of like, I don't want to make you feel sad, but, but that, that are all the things you eat away and go, look, we're up by four goals at one this stage. If we have a half fit, so if we some of these guys are just fit, we, we go on and win this. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. But then you also go, you know, we played one of the great teams that exactly. went on and won, you know, three or whatever it may be in a row. You know, they were amazing. You know, for us to win that grand final would have been huge um, with the injuries we had, but... Um. Yeah, there's there's a part of me, and and then and I must admit, at the end of two thousand and one, you walk out of the season, you go, you know, we'll, we'll get back there next year. You know, we'll get back there next year. Our list was good. Um, we had a lot of youth. We had some, you know, our top end. You know, Hurdy, Lloyd, these type of guys were still in good shape. Yeah, I mean, Hurdy had another yeah, five yeah. or six years left. Fletch was the same. I think Barnsley was probably heading towards the end, and and Wally, but. 
Um, you know, as you guys know, unfortunately, we salary cap pressure. We lost, um, you know, Blumfield. We lost um, yeah. Heffernan. We lost Hardwick, um, Carousella, you know, later on Solly. So mm. it kind of, we couldn't sustain having that together, which I think if we were able to do that, we, we could have maintained some sort of success and challenge, but it, unfortunately we just couldn't do it. Uh, as your career was going on and we're getting more to the, the mid-2000s, you you probably were flagged earlier on as like a small forward, you know, really crafty, but then as you went started going to the midfield, I remember, and I'm trying to get my memory right, around about 2008 you were in really good form and, and at one point, I remember even thinking, you, you, it's not even crazy to think you could win a Brownlow here halfway through the year. And then I think it, from memory, an injury kind of happened, like an eight or nine week injury. And uh, I think you polled like 13 Brownlow votes by round 10 from memory. So you you were starting to hit your straps. Um, is, is that kind of the best you felt as a player? Yeah, you have got a good memory. I think I, yeah, I, I was going really well. Um, I was, I'd, I'd played a lot of backline, but, um, they started playing me mid forward, which I think I wish I always sort of did, because um, I felt like that's what I was—a mid sort of half forward. Yep. Um, but I played back because we had, um, you know, you, you you fit into where you fit in because they were so good. Um, but once that started to move a little bit, I started to sort of come out of my shell. But yeah, it was a really good year. Um, you know, I, I reckon I kicked probably kicked around 12 goals in about five games um, as a mid forward. And then I did a really bad hamstring, really bad. Um, it come from nowhere. I had a really great preseason. I worked really hard. I wanted to prove a few things. And um, I think I think it might have been Matthew Knight's first Yeah, that's his year. first year. Would that yeah. be right as yeah. coach? Not sure. It was, yeah. It was his um, first year. I wanted to really make a statement. Yeah, I just wanted to make a statement. And unfortunately, yeah, my body – um, let me down and I missed about four to five and then I come back and then I had a bad knee and had to have an operation and then come, yeah, so it was, a, it was disappointing. It was one of those years it was meant to be. I'm curious even just even with Matty Knights as a coach, uh, from afar, a fan from afar, it felt like different personalities cl- either clicked with him or didn't click with him. Uh, we all know Matty Lloyd's <laughs> kind of uh, take on it. He just didn't really they obviously didn't see eye to eye from a fan's point of view that period probably from 2008 um we had the perception of we were very an offensive minded team and and maybe defense would come later i know that sounds odd but it, it felt like we were kind of like maddie was either designing something to build over a certain amount of time but we were starting to have you know i remember that west coast loss where uh um, as a uh, what's his name, the French sounding West Coast guy, he kicked like twelve goals, um, and, and just things fell apart. Can you how yeah, do you ex- how did you explain um, that error? Um, it's a really hard one because I I I um I wanted it to work so bad because we we obviously moved on with some stars, um, and in hindsight, I look back and I didn't think we made great decisions around some players we brought in and. Um, you know, obviously the coaching stuff was in. I didn't actually mind Matthew Knight's game plan. I just think he didn't know how to, at the time, he didn't know how to um, explain it to the group. And if you think about, um, you know, 
his first sort of few meetings was, you know, Lloydie, you're going to play at centre forward. Um, you need to accept that. Jay Nagel's going to play full forward. And I'm thinking, I remember thinking to myself, this guy's kicked 940 goals. Like, what the <laughs> hell are we doing? Like, <laughs> we, you can't be doing this. Yeah. Um, and it just it got everyone on the back foot straight away. And, uh, and you know, there was, you know, I'll never forget Michael Hurley. Um he was a young kid and he got in a bit of trouble with a cab, uh, a cab driver at one stage and, um, um, you know, he did the wrong thing, blah, 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 and, and I was in the leadership group at the time and I was really vocal at being like, let's just keep this in-house, let's just deal with the whole thing in-house. The media are going to know about it, but I reckon we just address the situation. He's a young kid. He's a really good fella. He's made the mistake. Um, I reckon we just deal with this in-house. And um, Matthew Knight said to me, nah, we're not dealing with the house. We're going to let everyone know and we're going to suspend him for a fair bit. And and I didn't see eye to eye with him on that. I just said, let's look at Essen and we look after our own. Let's just look after our own. Mm. We'll deal with it in-house. And right away it just sort of drove a little bit of a wedge. Yep. And um, that, that was me. That was him. And, you know, and I can understand his situation being the coach as well. Um, so I respect that now probably more than what I did back then. But. Um, yeah, the game plan, um, just everyone wasn't played in the right position at times. Um, I don't think he knew how to handle the pressures of footy quite so much as a coach when he first come in. And he did come from obscurity, right? Like he was, mm. he was, he was, you know, come from nowhere role, didn't he? he really? So, um, he was a really good person though. He was a really good person. Um, and I felt for him on a number of occasions, but I just, it probably just highlighted he just probably wasn't um, ready to go for the top job at that time. It just he just wasn't ready. Yeah, and I, I guess from a fan's point of view, was I, I actually felt from a bit because you go, whoever was going to take over a twenty seven year old, twenty seven years of uh, a legendary coach, you, you're a little bit. I mean, you now that with your GWS experience, you, you're on a hiding to nothing. Like it, it probably feels like where you're a, you're a Richmond star coming into, which is ironic with Sheeds, but 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 you you're coming into an Essendon football club. But just I really felt for him, and I realised things weren't going right. But I just thought, oh man, like the pressure he must be under that first preseason, uh, it, it would have been immense. But uh, oh yeah. Sorry, go. Sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. There's a bit of a delay. Sorry, mate. I just wanted to to ask you a question along those lines. But when you're in the senior group like that and you've got a first-year coach or a first-time coach um, coming into the club and he's starting to make decisions like taking 900-plus goals um, out of the um, the goal square, I know he's the head coach and I know the the players, um, you, you, you need to do what he says, basically. But can you be a more senior guy at a club like you in the leadership team? Can you have a chat to him? Can you say... Um, Nida, mate, I, I know it's tough and I know you're replacing Sheeds and stuff, but just a little hint, mate, this and this might not be working for you. Have a think about it. Don't want to tell you what to do. But is that is that something that the players can do, senior players? Yeah, I think so. And I think we did. I think we did. And he was okay. very, very good at being able to talk through stuff. He, he wasn't um, rude like that at all. I think he had a preconceived idea of what he wanted to do. Um. And he wanted to make serious change because 
clearly had been, you know, 27 years of sheet. So I, I understand that side of it. And he was really open to conversation. He was he was a good communicator with me. I, I never had an issue with him around communication. I just think he, he wanted to do it a certain way um, and he had a preconceived idea of how he was going to do it. Um, and when it kind of went, um, when it kind of went, um the other way on him it was probably hard to sort of admit if you like um at the time but certainly we had conversations with him he was very open to conversation and i actually found him really easy to talk to to be fair um but he had his way that he wanted to do it and and his reasons and and he stuck to them whether that was right or wrong i don't know but he um. i Mark, I wanted to show you a, 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 an audio clip, and I can hear. I hope you can hear it on your side, uh, because uh, I, I think for younger fans who don't know Mark Revay, like you, if you're under eighteen, or uh, the reason why fans loved him was his passion and and loyalty to the club. And there's something that I always remembered, and it was in 2012 uh, at the end of the year. It was at the Crichton Medal, and you. Made, made a speech, and I just want to play 60 seconds of it. And this was this was always – I was there at the night. This always stuck with me um, just as a like a mantra for the club almost. But um, but I just wanted to play it and just get your memories of that and, and I guess what led to that kind of conversation. And, yep. and I, I think the it's interesting even when you're wanting to – looking at the, possibly coaching even this year, I can feel almost that same Mark McVeigh – talking but I'll, I'll, here's, I'll, I'll at least play it and then we'll talk about it to finish um, I never ever want you to have the feeling that I had a few weeks ago I was sitting in the stands of Sydney versus Collingwood and uh, they ran out and I was like shit I want to be a part of this again I want to play again and then I was down the rooms of the Swans the other night after the game and the way the wind binded players, wives, girlfriends, coaches, support staff, trainers. It's the best feeling in the world. It is incredible. I was there in 2000. Didn't play, but I was there. But it took 12 years later to realise that that's why you play. That's what we do. That's why supporters support us. But the best feeling is, is that 22 guys put their arms around together and sing that song and then see my brother a part of that. There's no better feeling and this club can produce that. I know free agency is there, but do whatever you can to stay here. Nowhere else. I'm very proud of the fact that I'm a one club player. I'm a Bob forever. Thank you. That's you know that 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 speech you gave um, for me is is Mark McVeigh, and uh, that's the character that I, I loved watching, but also just that came through to fans. So I, I, I think I just even want to just acknowledge that to you. Go these kind of moments aren't just you know we just don't forget about it. Like this is this this is how I remember Mark McVeigh, the Essendon person, and. Uh, I kind of feel like when you were talking at the start about you and Herdy and Sully possibly going, I, I feel like that spirit is like really wanting the club to get back to its to where it needs to be, and then that's it comes through. 
the timing of that is is interesting because we know at the end of 2012, we know then coming into the February in the next year, all hell breaks loose. And um, it's 2013. Uh, your your one of your best friends heard he's in, in a, a media conference. And can you tell how where you where's your mind at in February 2013 or and March 2013 when you're hearing this for the first time about uh, an alleged supplements program and and uh, wh- where's your mind at at this stage? Well, I think just on the back of those comments, that that those comments um, that I made then are on the back of what I grew up with at Essendon. That's what I was instilled in me from um, um, you know great people of Essendon. So I grew up with that. So that was instilled in me. But um, uh, I, I, look, I, I was angry. I was angry. I was really angry because um, um, you know I, I, I'd always respected the game and the rules and the way you prepare yourself so i was really angered i was disappointed and and it was and it made a lot of news at the time but i was disappointed that former people come out and wanted to speak openly and blatantly about the footy club which without really thinking too much about what they were saying um so i was angry i was angered um i was protective of hurdy um but i was also in a lot of shock like you know you, as, as weeks and months went went on you're like um, geez, have I been have I been dubbed here? Like, has has someone stitched me up without me knowing? Um, and that 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 became, you know, there was anger. Then it became, uh, quite serious. Obviously, because you're like, geez, I, I've always done the right thing. I've always made sure I did. Um, perhaps I was I was deceived. So then that became a battle for your um your own oh i suppose what you stood for and you started to get embarrassed and yeah you started going hey, i'm going to defend myself to the end here because I, I i believe in the club i believe in james and i believe in me as a person so um you you're almost fighting for um fighting for your own sake in the end yeah oh uh, look i'm not going to say his name but there's obviously an Essendon player that came out on, I think it was on Channel 9, prior to that, that kind of let, started that rumbling. Did that, did that really upset the players? I, I, can't, I can't think of how can it not, but was that, was that ever discussed after that interview? Uh, oh, look, let's just say it, Kyle Rumors. Was that ever discussed about why, what was his motivation for that and, and, and not sort of talking to you guys first? Yeah, I think so. I, I, like it was discussed, but and now you know that was you know, Kyle's a young man, and um, you know he 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 probably didn't quite understand the enormity of um the press and the media and about your comments, what where mm. it can go. So you know, I understand respect that as well. So and and he's a really good young fella. Um, and I, and I obviously t- targeted his comments, which. We're all big boys, and you've got to be able to. If you're going to say things, you've got to be able to cop them, and I'm happy to cop what I get too. Um, mm. So, um, but it it was just the enormity of I knew what was coming, I knew the ins and outs, but I just knew that we had to stay together, and we and we couldn't go rogue on our comments um, because 
it was bigger than any individual. It was it was bigger than an individual. It, was, it wasn't just about us. It was about the club as well. So, you know, um, do I regret? No, not really. I'm I'm not I'm not scared to stick up for the club or for me. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not going to linger on it too much longer because it it is what it is. Uh, can I ask an odd question of someone who researched the thing? Uh, I've always wanted to know your thoughts on this, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but <coughs> am I right in saying <laughs> that I guess WADA had an opinion, and, and you th- hopefully this makes sense to you, and you might be able to explain it, but if you can't, just say I can't explain it. Hopefully this makes sense to you. Because you didn't have a tan that they – Thought that may, <laughs> that that they thought that the obvious solution would be that you're taking Thamosin Beta Four. Now you can maybe you can explain that, but literally, I know that sounds crazy as a podcast, but literally there was a obviously there was a, a tanning drug that they thought you took, which I think they got the name mixed up by the way. Um, but they thought because you may have taken this and you didn't get that tan, it must be Thamosin. You're, you're exactly right. And um, if, if you sat in the court case, it was quite comical. Um, me and this some bloke from bloody Sweden going at me um, that had no idea. But, um, yeah, the, I, I, I was I – was, I, I'd had a, a little baby for the first time and um, uh, I was literally taking um, something to help me sleep, um, which apparently – makes you tanned <laughs> um, and because I wasn't tanning um, they said well it mustn't have been that but little did they realize I wasn't taking anywhere near enough to, to tan <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh because it's the, so uh, serious the outcome but it you, it's hard not to laugh because you feel like it's a parody it's like a comical parody well a lot of people in the courtroom were laughing um, because I'm like what where are we going here with this? Yeah. This is ridiculous. They were just, they were just, they were literally making it up as they went. And um, I was, I was, I was laughing with my with my partner a little bit earlier, going, "I'm still waiting on a positive drug test. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had one yet." Yeah. Um, so, someone's told me that I've had a, you know, I've been tested a million times, and you know, how many years is it later? 10, 12 years later, I still haven't got a phone call from Wada or Asada to say, hey, you know what, all those tests, they were positive. <laughs> Mate, and, and that's that's the thing with like some of the nuffies that I work with and a couple of my nuffy mates will just bring it up every now and then as a sledge. Um, I, my, my answer is guilty of taking Wait. what? <laughs> what what exactly? What, what what has anybody been found guilty or positive of taking? It, it makes no sense um, and you can get, trust me, you can get Scotty and I's back up as fast as you like, <laughs> let alone being a player involved in it. Oh, well, I'd love it. I'd, mate, uh, to be honest, I harbour little thoughts about it being reopened again one day and go, righto, let's go to town on this because um, I think it would be a lot different now. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're a guy like Dustin Fletcher who didn't even take thymosin and they did have charged you, you were taking thymosin, beat him four, and you're like, and you've actually told him, it's, and, you, and there's no form or, or there's no thing, nothing he signed that, that he's actually taken it. It's like that's there's there's guessing and then there's like really a stretching. So it's, but it's just called yeah. making, pardon my French, but it's called making shit up is what, it's, <laughs> what it is. But, uh, <laughs> and and I, I, Fletcher, and there's also Jason Wynn. 
Jason Winderlick, who had all these needles, but he's scared of needles, never had a needle in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, and, and, and obviously was, you know, I, I found it disgusting. This is personally me, uh, that yourself and, and, and Patty, uh, they, there's a little bit of the, the 10 month old that you had at the time scare factor. And, and I just thought, you know, that is really an unethical rubbish, but uh, that's just my personal opinion. But I, I'd, I'd hate to think what you were thinking at the time. No, I was actually all right. I was actually, I was actually laughing at the bloke trying to play the bad cop. I was like, "Come on, mate!" <laughs> um, but you know, Patty, Patty, um, you know, everyone's different. I was, I was sitting back, going, "Mate, I know what this is about. You're trying to intimidate." But you know, um, you know, it really scared Patty, as as I'm sure it would a lot of people. Yeah. What's last question? What? The name Stephen Dank and Dean Robinson, where do they sit now with you? Because you actually challenged them a lot. And well, through kind of the through the channel of Herdy, you really challenged challenged even just how let alone anything illegal, just how that process was going, like just to double check we're doing everything right. You were kind of an instigator of going, let's all get together and and talk about this. Where where do those two names sit with you now? Um Dean Robinson, I don't – everyone caught him the weapon. I just thought he was one of those guys. I'd ask him a question and he'd go home and Google it and give me the answer the next day. <laughs> um, okay. That's not great, yeah. I don't really – you know, he was a nice guy. Um, I don't – part of me thinks I'm not sure he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, Stephen Dank, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing, like – did you I ever go really to his house? I have a hell of a lot to do with him, even though he was. Did you ever, did nah, you ever ask nah, him personally never, to say? Never, wouldn't even. No, I never went to his house. I never had anything to do with him outside the footy club. So that's that's the funny part about it all. Then you hear all this other stuff that goes on and you're not privy to any of it. You just don't know. Um, I was more thinking like, did. <laughs> I was more thinking like in 2014 to saying, hey, can you just clarify? <laughs> uh, just more of a, uh, like a, just, just confirming these. This is what I took. Oh, mate, I just no, I didn't. I, I knew, I knew, I knew what I had. I yeah. knew what I had. I just was getting told I was had something different, but it wasn't even. I knew the whole way along. I knew exactly what I had. I checked, double checked, and went through the AFL. That's the thing that no one seems to ever get. Um, I knew, um, but again, apparently, it wasn't. It wasn't what they were telling me I was having. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really hard to cop. Um, and, yeah, and obviously, you know, with the, the, tri the tribunal, we all thought, oh, fantastic, you know. And I thought that was a really good process, you know. They went through it logical, well, we can't, we can't, we can't connect A and B. So, sorry, it's not guilty, you know. I thought, oh, great, it ends there. But then it felt very political and optic from there on. And, and um, suddenly we're in, we're in, isn't it Switzerland? And then, uh, yeah. If it ever gets, if it ever gets opened up again, and it doesn't affect the Essen Footy Club, so all players aren't at the club anymore, you know. Yeah. I think it's only Dyson that's there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think I'll be front and centre, and we'll go as hard as anyone. Mate, and that, when when you hear stuff like that, I mean, I know we 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 got to move on, and we actually probably got to let you go. Um, when when you hear stuff like that, I mean, it, it's. It's really encouraging for us too because we, from a supporter's point of view, looking in, mate, it was, it was just a bloody travesty. It, it took 
time away from Essendon footballers. It took experience and love of the game away from Essendon footballers. But to hear you say something like that, it it, it it hurts a little bit more because it makes me feel like you guys know that it didn't happen or what they said happened didn't happen. Um, so I, I hope you and the other 30-odd players take solace in that um, as well because from a supporter's point of view, we were absolutely feeling for you, especially watching the boys try and run out and play games of footy like the one in Perth um, when with that sort of stuff. So it's... From a supporter's point of view, you see the you love to see it when the boys are up, but it absolutely cuts you in half when the boys are, are down. So, um, yeah, a, a massive thank you to the to for still fronting up to the club at, uh, during that whole BS. Yeah, fine, no worries. So, what? Just uh, as we're closing, up, what what actually made you get into coaching? What did you did you always know towards your end of your career that the coaching was an angle, or were you thinking development or anything like that? Like, what were your thoughts end of two thousand and twelve about what Mark McVeigh's next steps might be? Yeah, I did want to. I think I wanted to coach, um, and just and I didn't I didn't know what level to be fair, but I wanted to get into coaching. I did a year of the media, and that was really good from a from a different point of view, but I knew it wasn't sustainable um, for me. Um, you know, just to be in the media, you got to be uh, quite critical at times. And I, I'm not that type of person, to be honest. So, yeah. um, you know, some were suited to it, whatever it may be. But I, I, um, yeah, I wanted to coach, but I didn't know where I could get to. And then, you know, Leon Cameron reached out and said, mate, I'd love you to come and uh, come part of the coaching staff. Um, and it was a real challenge. Obviously, then the Giants had just sort of starting out. Sheeds had just left. Um, and then, you know, we had some heavy defeats, but uh, slowly but surely we we improved significantly. Obviously, we played, I think we played, um, you know, six final series in a row when I was coaching there with Leon and, and um, we had real success without actually winning it. Um, so, no, I really enjoyed it. Um mm. It, you know, I still love coaching and, I, and that, that's, that, you know, there's still a story to come with me with coaching. So, um, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've always harbored thoughts of coming back to Essendon one day, but whether that happens, I don't know. You never know, but, um, you know, I've got young family. I live in Sydney. Um, but I, I, you know, my younger brother who, um, I'm really tight with, um, he's at the Swan. So it's really nice working with him. The Swans are, as the Giants, were an incredible group of people um, that ran their footy club, and the Swans are just so impressive under John Longmire. So you could just learn and learn all the time. And mm. if you look at their success under him in these finals, and you can see as soon as you walk in the club, you can see why. Um, he's just an amazing person. He drives high standards. They've got great leadership in Tom Harley and Charlie Gardner and all names that you guys would know. Yep. Um can just see why, and they're quite removed. They're actually when when you go to a northern state footy club, you don't actually understand the enormity of how removed they are out of the spotlight as opposed to what Essendon are. Yeah, it's out of the very, yeah. very, very different. It's very different. Um, so if you're if you're a if you were a, a a coach at Essendon or a coach at Hawthorne, and your player had three weeks or two weeks to just sit in the environment of the Giants and the Swans, you'd be you'd be dying because they're just removed. So you'd be like, God, I don't want them to be exposed to this at all. Um, just because it's very different. It's very different. So um, 
and it's not for everyone, right? It's mm. not for everyone, but you know, some some players really thrive under being out of the spotlight, as the Buddy Franklin. Uh, you being coached, like even when you're, you're, you're the stint you had when you're senior coach at GWS. Who are your inspirations? Because I know this sounds odd. I know Hurdy's your friend, but I actually thought Hurdy was coaching the the heck out of the club um, <laughs> up to 2012, right? Uh, well, 13 – actually, 13 really was, I think, one of the great coaching <laughs> – considering what was going on and the the club was like 18th after around 17 or 18 until they got told, hey, we're going to kick you out of the finals. Um, but is he – is is Hurdy actually quite a bit of an influence on you as far as coaching? Yeah, he is, and and he, I think I think we're, we're different. Like we're different because he came in and helped me um, through a, you know a period where you know he's a great motivator. Um, he sees he sees um, situations in clubs a little bit differently. Um, he's got a unique spin on it. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. When when you know we got beat by seventy three points by the Swans in uh, last last year, and um, we had Essendon the following week, and I was pretty flat. You know, I was the coach at the time. Swans were flying. We was that the, was that the famous press conference you had after the game? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and I said to Hurdy, um. You know, we we I did the press conference, blah blah blah, and I was pretty flat. And we walked to the car together, me, Solly, and that, and he goes, "We're not losing against Essendon next week." And I wasn't even thinking like that. I was thinking, "Oh, you know, the press conference. <laughs> what I got to do tomorrow?" Blah blah. blah. <laughs> yep. He, he, I, and Solly and I said, "I don't care what the hell goes down. We are not losing Essendon next week." And I I remember it. Massive was in the SCG car park, and. We looked at each other and he said, we are going to pick the eyes out of the game and we're going to pull them apart and we're going to win the game. And we won. <laughs> um, and you know, we were coming off a bad loss, so we will fired up. Essendon was sort of, you know, it, it was it was a difficult year. Um, mm. So there, it was tough. There was pressure on blah, blah, blah. And I just remember that I was all in the moment of thinking about what do I have to do tomorrow morning? What do I have to do tonight? I'm going to have to answer these questions about the uh, – the, um, the press conference, blah, 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 and Hurdy Hurdy just straightened me right up and said, nothing matters but winning next weekend. Nothing matters. Mm. Whatever whatever happens after this, nothing matters. And that's that's what we did. And I, and I had – I'll never forget, you know, we obviously won and apparently – I've never seen it, but apparently they had me, Solly and Hurdy in the box the whole day and <laughs> I, the, after the game. And I, I don't get that, but after the game I had – I reckon I had about – 50 messages on my phone going, oh, screenshots of us three going, what the hell are you like sitting in that box and not in our <laughs> box sort of thing? I remember, I think I remember even doing a podcast going, there's so many ironies in all this vision. <laughs> and I'm seeing like, I'm like seeing Hurdy, seeing Sully, seeing my, seeing my heroes and uh, just, yeah, do a masterclass against us and uh, – <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd love to say we've learnt from that from that game, but the GWS West game <laughs> with it's about a couple of rounds ago this year didn't didn't help my confidence. Well, uh. we decided to lose by about 120 points this time. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, hey, um, Grant's going to have some some uh, some light questions for you that we always do with our guests. Yeah, just mate, just five real rapid questions. We know we kept you for a good period of time, mate. Um, 
Who was the last person you texted? Um, good call. Uh, my brother. Your brother. There you go. My my, my brother is uh, he's currently in America with the Patriots. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Doing wow. some some learning with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bill Belichick, cool. which is good. Um, if you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? Oh God, I reckon it's changed over the years, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, I'm probably just an old, old. Uh, I'd like to think I'm just an old lion now. Nice. <laughs> I'll take that. What was the last meal you cooked for somebody? I cooked my little girl's chicken parmigiana tonight. Chicken palms for the girls. Nice work. Um, and the last one, what's the question you are most often asked? Um, what was it like playing for Essendon? <laughs> okay. Can I ask you a serious question? 2004... Be honest, how close were you to joining the Sydney Swans with a certain Paul Ruse uh, reaching out to you and giving you a bit of a carrot? Yeah, I was pretty close. Um, I was pretty close because they they seen me as a two-way midfielder and they wanted a two-way midfielder. Um, and Jared was obviously there. But um, the number five, the great number five, uh, rolled up to my doorstep and told me what, it, you know, how much I meant to him and Nesson, and it changed my ways. But I was, I was there. I was there. I was going there on a four-year deal. Um, um, I knew their list was pretty good. Mm. I knew their list was pretty good. I think they won the flag the following year. So, um, yeah, it's one of those moments. But I stayed. I stayed loyal, and I, I credit Herdy to that the most. Just the last one. I've always got the feeling that the things I've read about you, that your, your, your father was a, a big influence to you and, and Jared. Mm. And, and I think even your grandfather is a, is a kind of a war slash hero veteran you know, as yep. well. That, how much has that been an influence, your family, just on your career? Well, my dad, yeah. Well, my mum and dad are amazing. Um, they're still here to, today, which is amazing. My dad taught Jared and I everything we knew. Um, was an average footballer in his own right, played in the VFA for Williamstown, but played senior footy for a long period of time, but was just a hard goer. Was he a badminton um, badminton player for Victoria as well? Yeah, and um yeah, he did play badminton for Victoria and but he, you know, um he taught us the right way. My mum is an amazing uh mental mentally tough woman who, you know, runs marathons and taught us to never give up. Um, so they've had the biggest influence ever on our, on us as people. Um, my dad's my dad's moulded me in to be the father I am today. I'm lucky that I've got three little girls. Um, they mean everything to me. So he's been a great dad. I have a great mum. I'm very fortunate. I've had a great uh, life growing up as kids. Um, we moved out to Acres so we could play footy <laughs> and kick <laughs> the ball around. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, we've been very fortunate. I I owe everything to them, to be honest. Three McVeighs on the way for the AFLW team. No, my eldest is older, so I don't know. You see, <laughs> see what happens. But um, my youngest is very young, but my eldest is going really well. So, nice. um, but um, they love the bombers. They're that they're wrestling girls. So. Okay. Excellent. Now, you just very last question. I promise you. You're obviously connected to the allies. 
Uh, selfishly, we're a podcast. We love the draft and trade period. Essendon has pick number nine. There's a player that I really like. Uh, it's, it's Connor O'Sullivan. Can you tell me a little bit about him and, and should we pick him up? Take him. Take him. Take him. Plays 200 games. Um, he, uh, um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was fortunate. He, he's, he's a good, he's a really good young man. Uh, he can kick the ball really well. He goes back with the flight. He can play forward. He can play back. He can engine, which he's not the fastest player, but he he can. He's got repeat efforts. So when I look at him, I think you know you don't have to be quick clay. Um, he understands the game, um, but what you will get it, you'll get a very loyal, hardened player that will wear the Essendon jump with pride if you get him. So is there a bit of weirdering? Is there a bit of weirdering about him? Just by the, the vision I saw went, gee, there's just from vision I saw. So there's a bit of weirdering of kind of about his play. Would that be right? Yeah, it's actually a good point. Um, he wants to get up the ground probably a little bit more than him, but yeah. definitely there's a little bit about him. Um, but you know, he's a he's a Murray Bush Rangers Aubrey boy, so he he sort of sits in that grey point. So he'd be an unbelievable pickup for you. I loved having him. I had him as the MVP, of the Allies. Um, he's just a, a he won't give anyone any trouble. He'll come in and he'll just say, "Well, this is my club and this is where I want to be." So could he play half I forward? Those ones. Could he play half forward, which is a slight hole in outside? <laughs> don't, you don't want him there, but he's probably a bit too big. But I think, um, I think, I think he'll fit nicely into your back half at some stage. Okay, okay. beautiful. Well, Mark, uh, mate, we've kept you for an, an enormous amount of time, and we really appreciate the uh, at that time. So. Um, thank you very much for joining us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast tonight, mate. We uh, we do have the the honour of speaking to some of our heroes and, uh, and at, at the very least, the boys uh, in the in the jumper that we grew up watching. Um, you are well and truly uh, among one of those, and we know that our listeners will absolutely love hearing you from you tonight. So thank you very much. And just for me, Mark, uh, yeah, That's- just I can't thank you enough. Um, we had Dustin Fletcher on a, uh, not long ago, and he talked about, when Plugger threw him over the fence and his story was that you and Jared were, were picking on him <laughs> watching the game. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, we've just had some great people uh, on this show and it, it's just the enormous character that that these people have and and that we look up to and then we, we, we talk to them in person and realise that's, that, that's who they are. They're, they're the genuine, authentic uh, deal. So can't thank you enough. Um, uh, yeah, all the best, man. Oh, well, I, I appreciate it. I think it's um, – I think what everyone should know is that all those players of that era, of my era, we're very close to this day. We we are all going to um, the Magic Means in January. So me, uh, Solly, uh, Aaron Henneman, Aaron Askus, Dustin Fletcher, Mark Harvey, Matthew Lloyd, Angus Monfries, all those type of players, Andrew Welsh, we all still catch up, Joel Reynolds – we have a betting syndicate together to keep us together. Um, <laughs> we're not the greatest betters, but it's connected. <laughs> we have a nice little kitty to be able to spend three days together, and um, we that 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 relationship is still strong to this day. And it, it's really nice that you guys reached out to me. I, I must admit, it's um, quite humbling, and I appreciate it. And um, you know, I love Destin and I always will, and it's really nice that you guys um, reached out to me, so I really appreciate that. 
Beautiful, mate. Well, again, we thank you very much for your time. Um, and on behalf of the listeners, thanks for being on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. Good on you, Legends. Have a good night. You too. Stay, boys. Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, mate, what an interview with Mark McVeigh. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy who's very confident um, and an absolute Essendon man to the core. It was, uh, look, it was probably my favourite interview, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really wanted to talk to him about some saga stuff and, and I know people have that thought like, oh, it's 10 years ago, but I have no problem with this because... Um, this interview was about his career and, and that's why he came on and said, I'll talk about my career. Obviously, that's a big part of his career, whether anyone likes it or not. Unfortunate, yeah. And I wanted to go through because he has a certain story to tell. And, 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 and you he know, did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for a person who reads the court documents, I know I'm a bit nerdy that way, but seeing the back and forth and, and him getting challenged that he doesn't have a tan and all that sort of stuff, it, you know, I just knew he was going to have something to say about that. But uh, you could tell it still burns in, into, into him the injustice of it and I can fully understand that if I had that tag over my head. Um, but what was very, very evident is, evident is he loves the Essendon Football Club. Yeah. He may be living in LA, live in New South Wales, but... He has a very, very strong heartbeat for our club and, and that's obviously why him and Hurdy and Solly were wanting to coach. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, an amazing interview and, and there's so many of these interviews, man, where I think higher of the player than I did. Absolutely. Be, and I already had a high view of them, but just... So and especially when you get so an, good. an insight about them and their time at the club, like you, you see him as a as a great utility football player who played a hell of a lot of games, kicked 107 goals, and he, he's, he was an Essendon footy player. But we get to maybe and sometimes with the chats off um, offline as well, we really get to understand and, and learn a bit about uh, Mark McVeigh as a person. So we really hope that you did um, as well as listeners. Um, he, it's a it's a great interview. And we're hopefully going to get some more in the not too distant future. Yeah, thanks everyone. I, I look, I really hope you got a lot out of that. And um, we tried to ask, you know, and research as, as best as we could. And, and uh, I hope that came across. Um, and uh, you know, Mark obviously communicated to me. It was really, <laughs> was a bit surprised about how well we were doing, <laughs> and how well we researched. But that's what you got to do. And and uh, look, it was just a, a really honour. So uh, thanks everyone. Uh, this is obviously. If you're hearing this on the public, this is obviously going to our Patreons first. Yep, send it to uh, our Patreons first. So if for these kind of interviews, we're always going to release it to the Patreons a week, like kind of, kind of the week before. Um, so if you want to join up to our Patreon, how do they join up? Mate, lunchtime catch up. Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up um, on the Patreon site. It is $5, $5 a month. 
Um, in the off-season like this, Scotty and I will be doing our best to put as much um, content up as possible, especially around um, the draft. There's been some great um, content that we put up uh, on the draft recently. Um, and then when the season kicks into gear, you get Thursday Night Team Selection Show. We get um, the post-game reaction show, which is our uh, roar as it gets, straight after the game, straight up onto a microphone. Um, and then on a Monday, mo- uh, Monday morning, I'd love that, on a Monday evening, uh, we do a full review of the of the previous game. So you get three, minimum, three shows a week um, and then any sort of significant interviews that uh, that Scotty can manage to to uh, get us, like, I don't know, Mark McVay. Well, Paul Cousins obviously comes on probably yep. close to monthly, does his VFL rap during the season. That's also that true. Sort of yep. so we'll have Ed Pasco on just for the Patreons uh, with the upcoming draft. I know I'm doing a draft show too, just yep. for the Patreons on, on, on who we can look forward to. So Absolutely. Another and also, reason. don't so. forget the Discord page. Um, we've got a great Discord page. There's um, a few hundred people there. I think nearly 300-odd people now. 370 or something 370 like 370-odd people on there now um, doing good stuff on Discord. So you can check that out as well. Um, send us a link in the Patreon. Um, so, sorry, send us a request on Patreon and Scotty will send you the link. So um, come on over to the Patreon community. We have a hell of a lot of fun and we, you guys get to uh, get some exclusive content and some of the first content before everybody else. So there you go. Um Scotty, thank you very much for setting that up. Another great interview. I know everybody's going to love it. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try to get on uh, again soon for another show. Sounds good. Catch you guys. See you guys.